Welcome back to 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast, a show focused on highlighting the illustrious Prairie View A&M University, the HBCU of Texas, by promoting SWAC and the HBCU experience, featuring your fellow PB Panthers, Roland Austin, Jay Cleasy, Big Mike Washington, three-time SWAC champ Gati Werema, former drum major HBCU band historian Shanetta Haskell, and Al Williams, driving the show from the hill. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at 1876 SCP. And don't forget, we do it for the culture. And welcome to the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. We are back from spring break. Uh, we almost had to end the uh, March, man. What in the world? This this year is going by pretty quick for me. It's COVID but, uh, time, man. It fly down. It fly. Golly. It'll be, 20, it'll be New Year's pretty soon. I'm trying yeah. to tell you, man. <laughs> so, so news on the hill. We got a new volleyball coach. Yes, we oh. do. TV so alone. Got to yeah, feel the tennis at volleyball game is going to be up. Yeah, I got sneaky suspicion too. <laughs> so, uh, Time Coach to support Lindsay. the team. <laughs> right. <laughs> Coach Lindsay right. returns to PV. She's a, a 2012 alum. Uh, played volleyball at PV. Played volleyball at PV. So glad to have her back home. She was coaching at ECU and uh, had taking them to the postseason for the first time since 2013. So this looks like a good hire to me, man. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's got a nice resume. Yeah, she's got some D1 experience. She's got some head coach experience, small school, big school. She was the assistant coach at, what, Tiffin University in Ohio. She brings a lot of experience to the uh, to the table, among other stuff. So Yeah. yeah, yeah she's, she, a, uh, she's a Sarah, too, isn't she? Okay. Wait, what? What? I think no, I, I think I, I don't that. know. We're gonna have to get some confirmation before I before I run with that one. Okay. <laughs> I don't want anybody in trouble. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's uh she great her resume is solid. She was she's from Denver. She has a what a bachelor in communications and an MBA. Uh so uh she brings a lot to the table, not only from a coaching standpoint. But from a business marketing standpoint, I'd hopefully she can do more for the team. This is only what the third, fourth year for for volleyball, so I, I look for great things from from this young lady. Really, yeah, yeah. Glad to have her back on the hill, man. Gardner doing his thing as interim, ain't he? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Man, he might, he might have to keep that seat warm for a few. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> I won't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if, if if all his candidates had that kind of pedigree, uh, my vote's for hey. Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, that giggle was a little too uh, too good there, bro. You, you got tw- oh, you no, got twenty seven years in the game, bro. <laughs> Puppy breaks. It was a cup. It was a, I know it was a cup of coffee. I was smiling at. Can't be talking. And I'm off the rails already. (laughs) I'm doing too much. All right. So, uh, man, what's going on in Houston, bro? 
So TSA is taking over HISD come because of the the test scores from one high school. One school. We talking about they're gonna take over a, a district with two hundred thousand students, one of the biggest districts in the country, because of grades at one high school. I well, didn't realize it was based on one school. It's one school, Phyllis Wheatley High School. Oh my goodness! So this so, is a power play. This is a money grab. Well, they tried to take it over in 2019. Mm-hmm. There was yes. a lawsuit. The lawsuit finally uh, finished. So now they're coming back. They're doing. They're circling back after the lawsuit, saying, "Yeah, we still want to take y'all over because of Phyllis Wheatley." Yeah, and this is not the first time they've done it. They did it in 2012 for El Paso ISD. And what they did is they put a so-called board of managers in place, handpicked individuals to <clears throat> take over the school district. <clears throat> in 2014, they did it for Beaumont ISD. Then uh, they started looking at North Forest. So this is not the first. Notice the similarities. All, All districts of color. Exactly. So, yeah, the hell with y'all election. I know y'all elected these folks to run things, but we're going we gonna to appoint them and take it over because y'all can't manage it. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you looked at uh, President Simmons' uh, interview uh, last week on, on KPRC, she spoke about this subject. After she spoke about the, the Board of Regents foolishness, um, she also spoke about uh, TEA taking over HISD and what that looks like uh, having non-educators, non-professionals, non-specialists come in and take over a school district and run the, the school district, something that is not their forte. So uh, it, it's been noticed, definitely. It just makes no sense. I know uh, back when I was in, in Michigan, the state took over the Detroit public schools Um ran up all the debt. They left the school district in dire financial straits. And just the, the district went from uh, over 140,000 to almost 60,000 students. So the enrollment dropped in half. All the parents just fled because it was and that there's bad. No, there's no time limit. They, they, they have this board of managers. They put them in place. It could be six, It could be 12 months. It could be two years. It could be three years. Then they put them away. And by some quirky ass rule, that board of managers can still be paid as consultants by dictate of the state. How does that work? So they still so, so my tax money is going to these folks that I didn't elect. Right. To do but something that they folks, are not even folks, trained to do. But these folks have the power to remove elected individuals. Go figure. Oh my. Y'all this is a mess. Playing the wrong game. Y'all better learn the game. Listen, I tell my kids all the time understand the game you're playing. I'm, I'm, Don't walk I'm out here with your pleat. we playing basketball. I need to learn. <laughs> Rolling your audio went crazy again. <laughs> I need I need to learn how to be on this board of managers because whoever, whoever gets picked, they get paid twice. Yeah. <laughs> That's just yeah. crazy, bro. All right, so also uh, we learned, um, you know, after a long illness, uh, Otis Taylor, PV's own Otis Taylor, uh, uh, passed away 
um, in Kansas City. So uh, he played for Kansas City Chiefs for 10 years. He was instrumental in them winning Super Bowl IV. Uh, he still has one of the top iconic catches. You still see that catch. Uh, we saw it at the intro to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, yep. He still has not made it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he is on. The, he was on the consideration list this year, which started off with 24. I think they have to get it down to 12 by July. Is that right, Mike? That's correct. Um, and the, the thinking is that he may be added or was going to be added. His family has been pushing it posthumously since he has passed and, and gone. The, the one thing I would like to say is why is he not? You look at some of the contemporaries of his time, Fred Bolitnikoff, uh, you look at even Bullet Bob Hayes were all added. Now, his numbers were not comparable to Bolitnikoff, but only because Bolitnikoff played three or four more years. They were comparable to Bullet Bob Hayes. He had more receptions, more yards, uh, but Bob Hayes had more years. So he played in an offense that was 70-30, 70% run, 30% pass, and he still was able to put up the yardage he was. So I don't know why there's such a, a hang-up in getting him this this man. And I, I'm a little personal because my dad went to PV. He was a roommate for two years with Otis Taylor. So oh, I'm wow. Little, oh, really? I'm a little personal on this topic. There's no way this man should not be in the Hall of Fame. And so, so even, what is the, given, given the high-power offenses that have come out of Kansas City in this modern era, he is still number three in receiving yards. Wow. Yes. And that was before the 16-game schedule. Yes. He is still number three all-time for Kansas three City all Chiefs. Time. So what is the what is the reasoning? What's the justification for him not making it? Good question. I, I the the thing I've heard is uh, other folks have garnered more votes. It, be, it becomes political, more yardage here, more this, more that, more that. But really, no good reason as to why he's not in the Hall of Fame. So it's all straight. Said, said the wrong thing somewhere. Yeah, that, yeah. that tells me he pissed off. Yeah. Too many sports reporters who mm. vote <laughs> on this Hall of Fame. That's all. Well, they are gone now. Everybody that covered him got to be gone by now. <laughs> exactly. And so, and so the current guys aren't aware of his work. They just got yeah, yeah. looking I, at I, his numbers. I, I think, but they have a... it, That's the big. That's the biggest piece, uh, Joe. You said a lot. The folks that were aware of the type of offenses that were run, uh, what type of defenses they didn't have. You know, they didn't have check hand check. They, you know, calls, you know, in favor of, you know, the offense back then. He played against, you know, the Steelers all the Steelers defense. He played against the Raiders defense. Hey, they answer, could rape what? you. They could rape you what? at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> yes. Yes. You can hit coming off the line of scrimmage. <clears throat> so the folks who saw him play there, there's not a lot there's not a lot of them here now to defend and to speak up in, in, in his favor. But for the Hall of Fame, there is a different committee that considers players that have uh, been out of the game for 25 years or more. The seniors. There is a different committee. Yeah, Thanks. a senior yeah. committee. Yeah. So hopefully he makes it in uh, this year with this ballot. Um, we'll be pulling for him. Uh, I think that'll be PV's first uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So we're looking for Otis Taylor to to, to make headway. No, there. we got Kenny No, Houston. Kenny Houston. Oh, Kenny Houston. Houston. That's right. Oh, Kenny Houston. Dang, I got to no. get in the cut for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. You know, if we wasn't on the air, you know I'd be saying I know. 
All got right, man. That should be up for that, man. Clem Daniels. They said it. Clem Daniels should be up too. So, <laughs> so uh, PV. Other news. PV got a five million grant, five million dollar grant from the USDA. Mike, what, what do you hear about that? Yeah. So it's this effort to to uh, reduce greenhouse gases, and it went to PV, but they're working with the University of Michigan and a couple of other organizations. And, uh, you know, it's good that PV is getting some of the notoriety, but it's also in an effort to help small farmers, which the majority of which are people of color, to be honest. And, you know, you have this ultimate goal to reduce greenhouse gases, um, stuff like methane, carbon dioxide, uh, carbon monoxide, stuff that comes from diesel run engines that are uh, known to power plant, also chlorofluorocarbons from pesticides or whatever, a lot of lot of your small farmers cannot afford this. Thus, they can't be in tune with the new greenhouse gas emissions. So this this five million dollars, also aided you know by University of Michigan and others, goes to help small farmers and is being funneled through the U.S. through the uh, Prairie View A&M Agricultural Department. So it's a big deal, um, help and helping really farmers of color. So Prairie View will determine who gets those checks, is what you're saying. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, so I'm glad to see the ag department. The ag department yeah. is doing do, putting in that work. Dr. D'Souza over there is, uh, <clears throat> as the dean, is really uh, leveling up the A in the A&M. Hey man, oh, the ag is doing what ag has always done. It's been a lot. Yeah. It's, it's always been a lot of money coming through the ag department. That, that but point right don't, there, ag, don't sleep on the ag. This is, this is nothing new for the ag. No, hey. no. <laughs> you know, I stayed away from that side of campus, man. I ain't, I ain't know nothing about no cows and stuff. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember when they were doing stuff with goats. I'm like goats. We got goats in Texas. <laughs> so Prairie View was a huge distributor of goat meat to the local Jamaican community in Houston. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Huge yes. producer. And the largest, uh, one of the largest uh, research institutions on goats. And yep, so, on goat research. I yeah. Like, we need to know that much about goats. I didn't know. I was about to say, I thought you could just throw a goat on the side of the road and he good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Time yeah. to one tree one day he eat that circle. Time to another one to eat that circle. Yeah. I, I think you need a little bit more than that on that research paper, buddy. He <laughs> <laughs> just stopped there. Time to the side of the road and come back. All I know is when you drive through Jamaica, it's goats all along the street and they ain't getting no special attention. So Oh, he gets some attention. <laughs> just not right there. Right. He's getting some, get some special attention in about two or three months. He's about to get jerked around. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> He's gonna get curried on to the next one. <laughs> All right, man. So in other news, you know, the PV uh, Texas Juvenile Center is to host the Community Violence Forum coming up. What is yeah. that? So, yeah, I kind of had to take a look at that. I was like, so what is this about? And so PV was chosen to talk about this community of violence thing. I kind of had to, you know, shake my head and say, like, all right, so they, they're going to have, what is, uh, I get it, I forget his name, but um, he is head of... Uh, of uh, the violence commission and i wondered why it wasn't at um sam houston states what also has a violence committee but uh pb was chosen and it's gonna uh, uh police superintendent um for lobach david brown of the chicago department chief 
uh, William uh, McManus of, I think, San Antonio. So some big heavy hitters that are going to talk about this. And, uh, you know, all you hear is about we're grateful to the opportunity to talk about violence. But I don't hear what I don't hear is where this violence is coming from. This is a whole lecture series, the state of violence in our communities and what is necessary to reduce it. But what I want to hear is some uh, it's a panel discussion. What I want to hear is some actions coming from it. You hear a lot of talk, but what? where are the actions? What That's are takeaways from it? Yeah. That, yeah. that was my first thought. Every time I see these forums, that's always my first thought. Like all these intellectuals always want to sit around and talk about stuff and discuss stuff. But like, what is, what is the 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 after effect? What what's the implementation from these these forums? Like, what happens that's with the, all these words the that are spoken? That's not I what PhDs a, do. I get to put a. This is what the after effect is. I get to put a bullet point on my uh, web page that TV. says I yeah. support it these community service forums and I get a big tax write off because I just paid for some guy to go down there and speak for it. That's what it does. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel a little torn about this stuff. I mean, we, we know that the violence happened in our communities. We also know what has perpetuated the escalation of violence in our communities, right? It's the lack of resources. It's the lack of opportunities. It's lack of funding. So we're going to re-talk about We're going to talk about that again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's my point. We're gonna I just, just summed that whole forum up in about three seconds. It's a big circle, and that's all we talk about. We need to, we need to, we should be, we should be. But but I haven't heard is here's what we've done. Here's what we've done. Here's what's going to be done. You know, difference in language. Yeah. So it's you know it's 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 a series. It's a panel discussion, but that's it. Well, the good and we is, started our conversation off talking about. School district being taken over yep. by non educators. So, yep. how is this going to impact violence in the community? My only uh, good point about this, man, listen, our, our juvenile justice department there is pretty solid, has some very strong students in there. So, I hope they're ready for the smoke because they probably going to let them have it. <laughs> well, this comes on here. I understand that uh, the state of Texas is considering closing all juvenile facilities. Uh, in the state, and they're going to go to a different model of juvenile justice reform. Oh, really? Which looks yeah. like what? Throw them in the big house? What? What is it look? No, like? they're doing things where uh, they'll be required to do things closer to home. So it looks like they are not looking to remove those uh, those juveniles from their homes, uh, and they're trying to do things more on a local level with with a heavier focus on uh, rehabilitation versus. Okay. Uh, the punitive uh, things that happen in in the juvenile justice detention centers. Okay, that's those good. are basically yeah. turning into that, that's a good thing. I like yes. that because the other yeah. way just perpetuates the cycle to continue on. You know, yep. once I'm labeled yep. a bad kid, I'm going to keep on keep on doing it. So yeah. Well, here's the other thing about these forums. This is the third forum I've seen, and you look at the the job descriptions of the folks that are on it. Police superintendent, Chicago Police Department, head of police department, head of police department. Nobody from any government council, nobody from any business, nobody from any community, other stakeholders in this process. So you get one side point of view. So that goes back to my point that nothing comes out of this. Yeah. All they know how to do is lock people up. They, they, those, <laughs> those folks who are talking on this committee, they know how to lock you up incarcerate you yeah. they don't they know are trained for prevention 
No. Yeah, exactly. Police are not trained. Yeah, police are not trained for prevention or rehabilitation. So you're asking them to do something that they aren't trained to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. But I'll be positive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And and with that, let's let's take a break and we'll come right back to talk some baseball. (laughs) You say, with that. I'm just saying, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I feel like we are so being patronized on some of these topics, boy. I tell you, it's like, actually, let's not even take a break. Let's just go right into it, man. Uh, the baseball team—they are two and sixteen, man. What what is going on? That's that preseason schedule, man. They they've had a tough uh, preseason schedule. It none of it is swag in swag play. Um, Right. You know, but we 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 talk about this with basketball as well. The tough preseason non-conference play, uh, it makes your record look really bad to start your I, season off, and then you kind of have to fight back. I think mentally from from that appearance of your record. I kind I kind of wonder about that, Joe, because you look at Jackson State's women's pre preseason schedule, and you look at others like North Carolina's when they were in the the MEAC, their preseason they were at least competitive. You look at these Prairie View scores, 0 to 19, 4 to 15, 0 to 13, 1 to yeah. 17. <clears throat> they were not even competitive. We should at least be competitive. Yeah. Well, I, I, Stephen F. Austin was one, 11 to 1 against us. Yes. So does yes. this come around to that discussion about being fully funded? Agreed. You, you yes. can't compete. You can't compete with a fully funded program with a not fully funded program. So yeah, that's, they got that's equipment that, on us. So that's teaching them how to, you know, hit the ball faster, or you know, like, hey, come on, man, you know how those girls be swinging, ah, you know, like, <laughs> Rolling, your audio went crazy again, bro. <laughs> and I don't know what the hell you talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know your audio went crazy, man. <laughs> but 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 think about this, guys. You you look at the girls' preseason skip, one to five, one to two, two to four. You know, they did have one loss against Missouri, 0-11, but, you know, 0-5, you know, 2-8, a little bit more competitive. You know I mean? They, they were in the game at some point. But the, the Prairie View men were not in the game. So subsidized program, do they have the athletes? Do they have the resources to go out and get the bats that they need? I, I think it's apples and oranges, and I think we need to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but again, the good thing is we're 1-0 in conference play. Uh, that first victory uh, against Alcorn State was 10-4, uh, so that means the bats are out um, doing their thing. So the goal, again, is to win conference, win swag. Um, yes. Now the, non, the non-play comes into when you make it to the, to, to the, the College World Series. You, you got to play basically teams outside of the swag. So how competitive can you be against those teams? But hey, the main thing is the main thing: win swag. Right. So, uh, so that it also begs the question of: Do you need a separate conference, uh, a separate tournament for HBCU schools? There's chatter amongst that in football. There's chatter amongst that in basketball. Even if you look at the seating, you know, the, is this the place you discuss that? I don't know. So. No, I, I mean, say. I look, at, I look at schools like uh, Gonzaga, Creighton, those schools, <clears throat> you hadn't heard of those schools in the 80s. In the 90s, they invested. 
and they became competitive and they've remained competitive. Now they're not competitive in any other sport, but they are around every year in basketball. So look at North Carolina A&T in track and field. They invested, they became competitive. They were in the, they were in Oregon at the NCAA championships. So to me, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want a, a consolation prize. I want to win the big one. So we yeah. need to invest so we can win the big one. Cause uh, you know, just like the NIT, all right, you're the 65th best team. Okay. And <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. all you made me do is miss some more classes. Right. Right. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah. yeah that's true. But yeah, invest, be intentional about uh, in those sports that are important to you. Um, alumni have to support those athletic programs as well. And we have to recruit, um, which again, you know, obviously takes money, but also, you know, W's help increase, uh, makes recruiting easier in all sports. And we need to make sure that when our coaches go to recruit, they are fully funded and they can recruit wherever the players are. Right now they are kind of, they are kind of stuck just recruiting locally, at least for sports outside of basketball and football, they have to recruit locally because they're not funded for out of state. Uh, they get two or three out of state waivers and that's it. So, yeah. yeah. And that, that hurts a lot in a sport like baseball where you, you have a ton of, of uh, high caliber uh, players outside of the state of Texas. Texas is not necessarily a, a hotbed for baseball. Um, so if you are forced to recruit just in the state of Texas, baseball, softball, you, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and, and to get really good quality, especially pitching, which is really crucial when you come to tournament time, to have the deepest pitching. You, you're you not going to get that just by staying in the Houston area, Houston, Texas area. You have to go out. You have to go across borders to get that quality pitching. Absolutely. So, so what is the moral of the story, as usual? Money. Show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> All right, I won't talk uh, softball because we got a special guest coming up next. Um, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with uh, some Meet Me at the Flagpoles. And welcome back. We are joined today by none other than PV softball coach, none other than Coach Vernon Bland. Coach Bland, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. How about yourself? Going good, going good. I know you're feeling good after yesterday. That was a nice, uh, nice finish <laughs> to that doubleheader. Uh, yeah, really, both the bo- early both, in the late game. Both games, yeah. We uh, went in the extra innings in both games and, and pulled them both out. So that, that was very exciting. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. I, I was out with COVID, so my capable assistants. <laughs> Man, they, uh, that's so. Tw- what you mean, COVID? <laughs> I thought we was man. done with that, fool. Why know, are you getting tested? I, I, I did too, but we we had uh, I was out. One of our starting pitches was out. Uh, we had just got three outfielders back uh, Friday, so it was it's, it's been a pretty rough week. So, are we still actively testing all all student athletes? No, I. Uh, I had symptoms, and so actually with one of the players, she had symptoms. We was on the bus the week before, and that Wednesday she came back, had symptoms, so she tested. Uh, and so we 
there's a couple of players that's not vaccinated, so they had to. The protocol is that they're not vaccinated; they have to sit out seven days. And so I start feeling symptoms, getting symptoms after the Southern series, and I, I tested positive. So, man, man, I'm like, that seemed like that was so 2020. Yeah, that, that's I what know, I man. <laughs> That seemed like that was like six years ago. Are we still doing that? And it came up, it came up positive. I took another one. I was just like, like, wait, what? (laughs) A a person get a nose itch, man. Let me go get my COVID shot. And the crazy part, I had just told somebody when the player got it, and they was telling me about the kids that had to sit out. I was like, man, it's the flu. If she had the flu, she wouldn't have to sit out. But you know, right? This uh. Anybody that think COVID not real must then get it because this time it it really put me on my back. So I'm See? glad to be up and running. Oh, it'll make a believer at you, no doubt. Yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm you a be believer. Everybody, you be right. Oh, it ain't nothing but a go to cold. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the first time I tested positive, I had to I had to quarantine for a week. That was a vacation. See? <laughs> <laughs> you had caught up on all your Netflix and everything. Yeah, that, that was a seven day vacation, but this one here was uh this one was pretty rough. Yeah. So yeah. coach, I, I know the uh the game, we got to watch a lot of the game from uh the TSU YouTube channel and uh the pitching looked like it was it's coming together. What what was your thoughts? Yeah, uh actually uh Massey and uh and Jerk, they both they pitched complete games both both games, so they uh Actually, our pitching has been doing well all year. We hadn't been hitting the ball. So for us to hit yesterday was uh, pretty good. We still have to win two of the three games, and we still had three of our potential big hitters hitting below 200. And, you know, it's looking pretty good. All right, yeah, if they get going. Yeah, if they uh, get going, we're going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's saying a lot. We're sitting here five and zero in conference play, and we still haven't had the bats come out yet. That's oh yeah, the bats. This lineup has the potential to be good from one to nine. So, coach. So, coach, one question. I'm sorry for the background noise, but I'm on the road on assignment. <laughs> you, you talk about bat, batting. You're right at 200 team batting average. Right. But but yet you're you're still five and zero, right behind Gramlin. And everybody's talking about the bonnet, uh, uh, FAMU and uh, Bethune that's coming in. What what would you say about the potential batting and fielding of this team that's still five and zero and down in the statistics? That's unexplainable. Yeah, like I say, our pitching our pitching has really been holding us uh, holding us down. <laughs> we hitting two hundred. That's after we came up this weekend, so we were actually hitting lower than that. So. Uh, I, I just think once the weather warm up, it's a little warmer. Uh, like one of our big hitters, Jalen. Jalen was out for two weeks. She got cleated real bad at, at Connie Word, so she's been out. Uh, Audrey, Audrey Garcia, she's just been struggling, so uh, she's under 200. But she hit a two-run homer yesterday to, in the extra innings. And so if we can get her going, we like I said, we're going to be in pretty good shape. Understood. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. Looking good. Yeah, I'd rather be sitting five and no hitting two hundred than over exactly. five hitting three fifty. Yeah. Exactly. I know that's I'd, right. I'd be, I'd be five and oh, second place in the Swack West. <laughs> and not, you know, like I said, we haven't even started playing good yet. So this, I'm, I'm excited. 
this is one. This is one of this is one of them cases that data points go out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know them. You know you can hit you can hit three hundred, but what you hitting with runners in scoring position? You know, exactly. So that, that's that's what we yesterday we we came up big and um, you know every time they scored we scored. So you know that's our biggest thing is respond. You know when they when they punch us we got to punch back, and so we we punch back and we punch last. <laughs> <laughs> he went the exact opposite of karate kid. <laughs> Right, so strike back, it, 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 it strike last. <laughs> <laughs> hey, coach, let's switch gears a little bit. So, when you think about, um, you know, I know we just everybody watches all the social media and stuff like that, and we saw the the kind of uh, viral video of um of uh, a Gremlins dugout kind of cheering on the team. What are some of the that kind of incite the, the ladies to get out and maybe let's try to put a little uh, um social media banter and a little little, little, little battle back there on on, on Twitter, Instagram. But Coach, Coach Hall at Grambling is like a little sister. So she she that's that's her that's her personality. So you know they they kind of take off her personality. I'm a slight bit older than her, so I won't be doing all the dancing and TikTok, TikTok videos, but you know, her team feeds off of that, and so that's what you know she allows that to go on. You know, we cheer, we're trying to get bigger in the social media uh we have a video that it came out. We also have a – you guys come to the game. We have a, a song, personalized song, you know, when we play our lineup. So, okay. You know, okay. As the, it, it, it starts, the, the champs are here, you know, it names some of the players. It has some of the highlights in there from the swag tournament. So, you know, we're trying to build that social media following. But, you know, grambling is grambling. I don't, I don't think we'll ever be dead hyped in the dugout. But, you know <laughs> – Man, I, yeah. They, yeah, they got these new stuff. I remember the old school hubba 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 ring a ding ding. They got <laughs> a, a dude did a remix to them. They got a remix. Yeah. To them. Oh, really? Got, no. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's blown up. You know, it's good for the swag. Good for you know women's softball. So yeah, I saw, I saw your social media, uh, your your Instagram, uh, that that video you mentioned, and I liked it. It was hype. I think it's exactly what we need. And just to feed off of what, like you said, what Gramlin is doing, and you know, Fam U has a has a nice uh, social media presence too. So I think every team in the SWAC, uh, whatever contributions you can make to bring up the profile uh, of, of SWAC softball is a good thing. And do what whatever is comfortable to you. You don't have to do what everybody else. Right. I, I yeah. definitely won't. She has a dance. Coach Hall has a dance called a lawnmower, where she dances and do all. I won't be doing it. It's called a lawnmower? Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, like I said, it's 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 good fun. You know, the young ladies enjoy it. That's what that's what get them going. Uh so I have to we go there this weekend. I have to just tell my kids don't get caught up. You know, yeah. don't you know, it's not a chill eating contest. We going down there to swing the bat. That's that's what make the most noise when you swing them bats. And, and laughing when you get on the bus after you win. Yeah. Trying to get a little tank tank. That tank, yeah. So, Coach, so go, ahead, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, so Coach, you're sitting at uh, your overall uh, record, I think is what, uh, 6 and 15, yes, uh, if I believe. So, so talk to us about how we can start turning that, that 
early season non-conference start turning those into w's what will it take well we gotta hit the ball you know like we, we went to a, a tournament in in uh february uh, in clearwater invitational tournament that was only three hbcus there us southern and um and howard and so we lost to indiana with a big team school five to nothing we lost to uh pitt four to one we lost to Furman two to one we just didn't hit you know so if we hit like we can we those those would definitely be victories in non-conference um I just think early on we we out we we just had the last two years because previously we had been winning non-conference games it was just this year and the last year when we started out 0 and 19 you know which was unbelievable but we usually we usually do decent in the in the non-conference. Just say this last two years things haven't gone our way. But you know, the biggest goal is to win your last swag game. So that's that's uh, that's what we. There do it is. Last. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Coach, hey, you got Coach, uh, Texas Southern coming up. You've got uh, A&M Corpus Christi. Then uh, two games against Graham. The doublehead against Graham. Back to back, and then Houston Christian. So, how are you looking to close out this month? Are you really focused on the the SWAC teams, or you want to just beat everybody? Well, the, uh, of course, the goal is to beat everybody. But we are uh, like this week, we have to make up the last game against Texas Southern. So we're either gonna do it Tuesday, or Wednesday. And I, so I don't, I don't think we're gonna end up playing the the and the Corpus game unless we reschedule. So then we go into that and play Grambling for three games and come back and play Houston, uh, Houston Christian. So like I said, we we're looking to, of course, win every every game, but the the definitely would be the preference is to win the swag games, and you know we'd definitely be save not saving pitches, but just letting our pitches be more focused on those games. Yeah, all right. Say that's where the money resides. <laughs> they don't. They don't pay me to be Houston. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> well, Coach, we sure appreciate you joining us. Uh, you know, you got an open invite whenever you want to come back, and we're looking to see those paws up again with another ring this year coming out of the swag. And uh, good luck moving forward for the rest of the season. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, uh, for supporting us. You know, if we can get again, we're always asking alums and, and and fans to come out and come out and support us. Uh, you know, the yeah. games are free, free now, so you can just walk up, park in the grass, sit out there, have your coolers and barbecue pits, and heckle the outfielders, and just have a good time. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sound like a game plan. Yes, yeah, indeed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Yetis ready. And, that, and that's, <laughs> Diet Coke. that's Diet Coke in your coolers, right? That's Diet Coke in your coolers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Coach. Have a good one. Get well yeah, soon, Coach. take it easy. All, All right, right. Take coach. care. All right. And so we back with the We Ready shout-outs. Joe, who you got? I want to give a shout out to Kaylin Massey, a pitcher on the softball team. She had a nine strikeout inning to beat TSU seven to five. Uh, she com- pitched a complete game. She came in there starting off swag play. She ready. She ready. She ready. All right, yeah. Mike. 
I want to give a shout out to the whole <clears throat> Burview A&M softball team. <clears throat> Coming into the season, they are 5-0 and right behind Gramley in the West. And they shut out Southern three straight, shut out Texas Southern two straight. The third game had to be rescheduled. We are not sure if that will be replayed, but they're 5-0. and The bats are cracking. Hey, that softball team, they ready. They ready. They ready. ready. And I'm going to give my shout-out to Big Mike, who is joining us for the first time in, in uh, 5011 uh, shows because <laughs> he's been all over the world. Uh, Literally. How many continents, bro? About three continents? About 12 states? <laughs> hey, nope. all I know, Mike, is I'm going to Kansas City for Nesby this weekend. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, stuck, I'm, I'm stuck in measly old Nashville this week. See, here's a backstory on that. The last time Nesby was in Kansas City, me and Mike found this little hole in the wall spot. Hole in the wall. We, we, and we was, who walks in there? Yeah. And uh, our former dean uh, uh, from, from PV and former provost from uh, from Texas Southern. Yeah. 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 Walk up in there. Kendall walked in there and he's like, what y'all doing here, man? We started... Uh, we pulled out the cigars. I think I left that place and went straight to the airport because it was like yeah. five something in the morning, man. I think I, oh, wow. I think I had I left that place. I think I had two hours until my flight too. I went straight to the airport, <laughs> bro. So, well, welcome back, Mike. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, welcome back. All right, Shanetta is on assignment for the next two weeks, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna run us and take us out of here. We're doing the traditional. I have to call it. I see so you got to call play now. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> so, here we go. <laughs> PV. You, you know. know. Yeah, we, we, we need practice. That was all. You know how to work. only been three years. One to each. And we come back ready. All right, we out. All right.